This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to helping you become a savvier marketing leader no matter your level. In each episode, we will dive into a relevant topic or challenge that marketing leaders are currently facing. We will also give you practical tools and applications that will help you put what you learn into practice today. And if you missed anything, don't worry. We put worksheets on our website that summarize the key points. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to talk about how virtual assistants, or you're going to call them VAs for short, can improve your productivity and manage your business. So when coaching our executives, one big wish that they all have is that they wish they had more time. Time to think, time to focus on bigger strategic opportunities, all of those things that they just don't feel like they have the time for. But they still want to have that peace of mind and confidence that nothing is falling through the cracks, right? And that's where sometimes that control freak mentality starts to take <laughs> over, which is why so bluntly. <laughs> we don't have time, right? And true, time is our most precious commodity, but getting more time can be really challenging. So for many of you guys listening, your staff is already spread thin. We hear this a lot. So heaping more work on top can seem unfair. So we need to find an alternative approach. Yep, that's right. So the truth is we spend a lot of time actually doing the tasks we shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. Either because, and this goes to the control freak part too, um, we feel comfortable doing them, they're easy to do, or they distract us from the bigger things that are on our plate. So hopefully one or Mm -hmm. multiple of those sound familiar to those of you listening. But here's what we would say. If you could pay somebody else to do the task as effectively, if not better, for cheaper than your team gets paid, you should try and get somebody else to do it and this is where virtual assistants can be very helpful extensions of your team but ultimately the question is when do you make that call to use a VA and how do you get over that discomfort so many of us have in using them and that's ultimately what we're going to get into in detail today Yep, and for this combo, we have a special guest to help us, and that is Molly Rose Speed. She's the creator of Virtual Assistant Academy, and Molly, it's great to have you. Would you like to introduce yourself and say a little bit more about what Virtual Assistant Academy is? Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. So I created a Virtual Assistant Academy to really professionalize what we all know now as a virtual assistant, and this came about for me personally about 12 years ago, and it's evolved into what it is today, and So now we're serving clients of all sorts, and we have a certification program, a training and placement, and then we have a placement program for the certified VAs, so we can serve both uh, sides of the business. Awesome. That's awesome. So this is going to be a fabulous conversation. All your questions are going to be answered about VAs, and if we don't answer them here, now you have a fantastic resource on Molly Rose to go to and get all those questions answered. So with that, let's get into four ways virtual assistants can improve your productivity and help manage your business. And the first one is to have them do the task that will enable the team. So we would say you need to approach this from two different angles. First, the tasks that are distracting you or the team. And the other side is tasks that can help boost yours and your team's success. So for tasks that are distracting the team, what we suggest you do is have people create a list, and this includes you because it's not just your work and you being the leader of the team or whatever position you're, you're holding, but it's also what is distracting your teams. So we want to kind of get that whole picture of that. And these are tasks that are they're regular doing, which are not utilizing the talents for which they were hired or for which you were hired, frankly. So the most common here are administrative tasks like calendar management, vetting vendors, those things that 
are important for the business, but they're just really not actually in the work itself or repetitive plug and play. So reporting, newsletters, social postings, these are tasks that someone has to do, but you generally try to give them to like the person who's lowest on the totem pole. Like, so our ABMs had to do all the reporting because it helped them to understand the business, but really it was just a daily task in order to suit our executives who wanted to know daily how Tide was doing, right? <laughs> So the other side is for those tasks that help you boost yours and your team success, so you might want to have them do a little bit of a slightly different exercise, which is fill in the blank, which is if only I had this, I could be so much more successful. So as an example, you know, for April and I, we are trying to really build forthright women and we wanted to make sure that we were reaching the executives that fit in our demographic and our psychographic and make sure they were on our list. And so we actually hired a virtual assistant to help us create that list. Mm -hmm. Same thing with trying to pitch our forthright women capabilities to corporations. We wanted the HR leads in those corporations. So we had a virtual assistant that was going to help us and they did help us create that list. Now we could go do that ourselves, but again, back to the intro, we need to focus on higher order things. We need to focus on the strategy behind why we're doing it, what we're doing, not really kind of going down and getting the list. It's a very important work. It's not unimportant work. And it's actually enables a team and enabled us to go do other work. But the, the whole big dilemma here is that even though you can do it, should you do it, right? Or should you be doing other things that helps you to be able to work more on your business versus in your business or help enable the team or help the team from being distracted. So Molly, I know you have a lot of this that comes your way. So I'd love for you to kind of elaborate about what you see, how you facilitate through this, this process with these clients and, and what kind of comes out of it. Yeah. So when clients come to us, again, our placement side agency, which is virtual assistant management, we get a gamut of people and business owners and employees who are like, I am overwhelmed. I have all these things that I do. I didn't necessarily necessarily sign up to do these things when I took on this job or started this business. And how do I do this? And to your point, creating that list and really figuring out what do you do all day? So that's an exercise I put my clients through. I have a week where they send writing down everything that they do. And then they come back to it and realize my team that I already have in place can probably be doing this. Or if I'm a solo business owner or freelancer or don't have a team at this moment, this creates my job description to then be able to outsource to a competent virtual assistant. And, and it is overwhelming, right? Part of what we bring up is all the things that we have to do. To, I call it wearing 27 hats and we think we're going to wear two or three, right? When we come into our business role. Um, and that's where you can start to, again, hire out find that perfect person to come in. And from the virtual assistant's perspective, at least the ones that I train, it's it's finding that balance and not having that overwhelm when you come into this clientele, because I don't say they're all the same. I'm using air quotes here because everybody, there are some that are very organized and very straightforward. Um, but the, the task list that we get as virtual assistants are all over the page and that's okay. That's exactly where you're supposed to be. And just knowing that there's someone there to help you to be able to do this is, is really, really important. 
Yeah, I think it's such an amazing exercise to go to that granular level of recording. We do a similar thing Mm -hmm. actually with our coaching clients when they're trying to figure out what things can they offload and what things do they need to keep. And so I think it is super smart to have them do that because I think it puts it right back in our faces, right? Like this is literally how many things I'm doing that either, like you said, I didn't know that I was signing up for Mm -hmm. or, oh my gosh, I thought I was focusing whatever percentage of time on the higher order strategic stuff that you were speaking about before, and when actually I'm doing the nitty gritty detail far more than I think I should be. Um, and Molly Rose, one question I'd ask back to you is uh, you mentioned, you know, if you have a team. So I would love some perspective on what you get of like, what do I give to my team versus what do I give to a virtual assistant? Because I think that's another mm-hmm. question we get. Yeah. So again, depends, probably depends on what, who's on your team. Um, but I didn't realize this when I started placing virtual assistants, business owners that already have teams, they're not utilizing them to their capacity. So if you have a marketing assistant or if you have a a forward facing, I don't know what the exact role would be, like if they're actually serving your clientele, right? An account executive, maybe you have a bookkeeper, you're going to see things on your list that your team probably is already supposed to be doing for you. And that's an easy handoff. That's a conversation. Um, There's this catch-all that you're probably going to find that you're like, oh, I'm not going to ask my team to start managing my schedule and my calendar. Um, They're probably not in that admin level unless you have a true admin. They're probably already doing that nine times out of 10. So um, those things that are repeatable, administrative, that's where you really want to look for that virtual assistant, that starter role uh, to come in and take those things off of your plate. And to your point a little bit more, when you do this exercise, you're, you know, you're gonna see all these things on your on your list that you didn't even think you were doing. And you're not even gonna realize how much time you're spending doing them. Like checking your email, you an hour passes by, we don't even feel it. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Even. Yeah, it's it's very eye-opening to see how much time we spend doing very basic managerial things that aren't really boosting our business. Which is a really nice segue into the next point, which is have them do the tasks that disproportionately consume your attention. Look at that setup. Yes. It's like and- Molly Rose knew what was coming. <laughs> <laughs> so you brought up the example, and I'm going to elaborate on it, is like how much time, and this is for all of our listeners, do you actually spend in your inbox? Right. Email, as you mentioned, Molly Rose, could be the, like the biggest time and energy suck, especially for those who are OCD about having like the clean <laughs> inbox. And April is like cringing because this is like a thousand percent. I used to be this. Her. I don't do it anymore. And actually, you get mad at me because sometimes I swing the other way and then I say put it in slack and then I'll respond. <laughs> so yeah we have a little bit of a channel war that goes on sometimes but you know the, that that mentality can be very like it, it can be very draining because you're kind of fighting against yourself a little bit because yeah. you're like I really want to have that clean it's, it's there for my peace of mind but it's not like you said moving the business forward because when you're in your email you are doing somebody else's agenda for the most part unless you're like waiting for a response or something to that effect but a lot of it is just junk yes that really comes through and so what if i mean if you're just going to to hypothesize you had a gatekeeper that can get rid of all that junk and help you prioritize your inbox and when we ask our you know our executives like would that help and they all like oh yeah that would be fantastic (laughs) i would really love for somebody to do that but which is usually then i i can't you know let go of control what if i miss an important email or they like 
don't uh, catch something that I would catch. Or maybe if I really wanted to be inputting in that and then like the FOMO sets in and then the the worry that they're not going to be as responsive as they should be kind of sets in. And I can tell you all those excuses they're really just not real. So I practiced email triage for at least like five years of my last five years at PNG. And I would get, I would say if it, it was a light day, if I got less than 200 emails a day. And so, I mean, frankly, I mean, I could be in my inbox all the time. And so I would do the triage. Like I would be looking for certain names. I would be looking for certain topics. I would ignore the rest. It was not unusual for me to have 10,000 unread Ooh. messages in my inbox. <laughs> but I can tell you in those five years, where it was like, yeah, but how much did you miss? I'm like, I would say probably in the five years, I missed maybe one critical email that I should have probably responded to. And maybe there was be a handful of ones that eh, maybe I should have engaged in, but it's not really that important because what happens is they kind of find you in a different channel. They mm-hmm. slack you, they text you, hey, did you see this email, right? So M- Molly, I know this is one that you guys are really fantastic specialists at can you help our listeners get a little bit more comfortable with if it's email or other things that you've helped uh folks kind of get over that really consume their attention in really big ways that shouldn't yes this is probably one of my most passionate things to talk about so maybe (laughs) but i think for the listeners if i can paint a picture for you where on friday you're at inbox zero every single week so i operate this is how i train my virtual assistants to operate and it's it's a reality especially on those 200 email inboxes that we mentioned and if you can just kind of keep that vision for yourself and and believe that it can be real i'm sure a lot of you are saying that's just that's not impossible there's no way but when a virtual assistant can come in or any assistant, they come in and they're not attached to the email, right? So they can get in there, sift through the junk, delete it. It doesn't matter. All the, the stuff that you're getting spanned with or you're not supposed to be feet on, they can read through that because they get to know you, your business, and your role. And then the rest becomes something A, they can take action on. You know, usually it's a quick response that's been taken care of or a scheduling thing or they're sending an asset or something over. Um, and then the rest becomes your priority. So when you log into your email every day at 10 a.m. instead of 8, because that's extremely unproductive in my world, uh, you have your, you know, 1 to 10, 1 to 20, if you're really, really uh, high in email, things that you need to respond to, and then you can move on. So I just want to talk about, like, just envisioning that kind of day-to-day, I think, is super important. Um, and then it becomes a control thing, right? So you have to kind of just, there's no other way to say it other than truly mentally let go of the outcome of what this is going to be and trust the expert that's going to come in and do this for you. And I say this all with a grain of salt, it takes time, right? Because they need to get to know you, your business. There's nowhere better to do that than in your inbox. because That's where business seems to happen. Um, and so that's really, really helpful. We've had a lot of clients over the years that have just completely changed their productivity by doing some of the practices that I'm talking about. A gentleman was a super uh, successful public speaker, but was, you know, 90 days delayed on payments. I'm not kidding. That's a true number. Like in the six figures I'm getting paid as a national speaker. I mean, inbox was just booming with leads and, and opportunities and brought a virtual assistant in. And within a month, everything's collected. Everything's in inbox zero. He's getting booked. I mean, it's just having that person to just get on it and you have a system in place of what they're supposed to take action on for the certain uh emails that you're getting so just a perfect example of just having someone else handle that that's a professional it can make life really really great (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I have a sense of relief just hearing you talk about it like that because <laughs> I think that that is an amazing way to look at it. But I do think that we, it's one of our like default triggers, right? And it is what you said where it used to be the physical mailbox, like the mail dropping into the mailbox. Now it's the ding of, you know, the new emails coming in. But I mean, I personally, and Anne made this joke about my, the clean inbox thing for me. And when I think about how many hours I wasted making sure that that inbox was empty. Mm -hmm. First of all, I don't have those hours anymore. Like I now have two kids. We're running our own company. Like I, I don't know how I, like that would never work anyway. But I love the fact that it can be an and, right? That you can bring someone on and that, you know, if I let myself go back to that neuroses and I, <laughs> I needed the clean inbox, there's a totally other solution to getting that. Um, and I also think your point about starting out in your inbox first thing in the morning is also huge. There's so many things you can read about, you know, don't lay in bed and get right into your email inbox. But I also find myself doing exactly what you said, where before I go to bed, I try to set, you know, what are what's the thinking stuff I need to do first thing in the morning? Because a lot of the days I'll get 45 minutes or an hour, we're in the summer right now at least, where my kids aren't awake yet. And so that's focus time. So I should be doing whatever that big thing is. And the days where I mess up is when I open that email and I start going through and then I'm like, oh, my 45 minutes is gone and what have I done? Answered like three emails and deleted 20 others. So your point is very well taken from that standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. I just, yeah, good, a good reflection on how we can start our days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so a little bit of a follow-up question to this one because I know a lot of people are like, yeah, that sounds really great, but I don't want to let some like random person into my email that I don't even know. And, you know, I, I don't, that's not working as part of our business. There's confidential stuff that comes through, all those sorts of things. How do you help people overcome that fear? Yeah, so just like anything, trust has to be, you know, given or what's that phrase? Uh, earned, right? So you're not going to take some stranger and throw them in to respond to your inbox on day one. That doesn't, that doesn't work. So my recommendation in this specific instance, and this probably goes with several of the tasks that are very personal to you, is to have them observe to start. You know, first of all, have them sign the right paperwork. So there's essays and confidentiality things in place. Have them observe. So just read your mail for the first two weeks. Just get, to, get, like I said, get to know the business. Everything happens in the inbox. Uh, and kind of understand who the clients are. How do you how do you respond? How do you operate? Where are your uh, downfalls and you're not deleting things, right? Or you're subscribed to everything under the sun. You know, there's a lot of things that we can start taking care of. Just observe. And then have them start uh, respond or sorting uh, things or getting rid of the junk. That's an easy thing to do. It could be pretty basic. And then have them start responding but not sending. So you're able to review what they're doing or how they're sorting things and in, into different buckets in your inbox. And I have ways of doing this. So the client responds, the virtual assistant responds, and then everything else is an example. It's a great way to organize your inbox. Then you as the business owner, employee, the, the person hiring the virtual assistant can then kind of see how they're doing it and be able to coach that moment. And once you kind of see it, wow, they're really getting this. Then have them start kicking into, into gear. And no one's perfect. There's any mistakes. They're going to maybe book you with someone you didn't want to be booked with. And then that's a coachable moment where you can say, hey, before you book 
calls, let's just have that part of our Monday morning call or Thursday, you know, hey, I'm booking these three things, good to go, thumbs up. You know, there's things in place where you can do checks and balances there. Um, and that brings me to another point. When you're going through email as an assistant, there's a lot of things you can put into a project management tool like Asana or Slack or an outside email thing um, where if you're meeting with your virtual assistant, they'll have a list for you and say, hey, you have these seven meeting requests, these aspects are due to this person, and you need to book this travel. This is what I found in your email. Ready to go. They need the insight, and then they can do it. Um, or they can dictate what you, they want you to respond, and that saves so much time. So there's just a lot of little tricks to do that you just have to kind of work through and be willing to do that with virtual assistant. Gosh, you're just, just going to save so many people if they could just yeah, give up the control. Give up the control. <laughs> the control. Just I think about all the time you would save. Oh, okay. You have asked for it, and now it's here. The Brand Strategy Workbook. Three insider secrets to build a powerful B2B brand to transform you from a commodity into a market leader. This strategy has been tried and tested on 20-plus industries over a combined 40-plus years of experience. Do you want to stand out in your industry and get more sales? Show you're different to attract and retain top talent? Build a brand that drives real business results? Then go to forthright-people.com forward slash brand-strategy and get started now. All right, that leads us really nicely into our third point for uh, four ways virtual assistants can improve your productivity and help manage your business. And that's have them extend customer service in off hours. So most of us, we work in one time zones and sometimes we kind of try to stretch it, but for the most part, we work in one, but that doesn't mean our business stops when we're quote unquote off hours. And what's more, there may be an opportunity to continue to sell in off hours. And for some of you who use customer service as kind of being your key differentiator, this could be one way that you actually differentiate with good customer service. So for some businesses, and they might hire a call center, but in others, like we've talked about solopreneurs, we've talked about freelancers, we've talked about small businesses, they may not need that extensive call center support, but they may want somebody to kind of help extend the time that they're not actually like in the business doing the work on their computer. So just think about how much incremental value could you be providing if you extended your hours? So maybe you just need someone who will monitor your business's general inbox back to the email for urgent requests and then bundle them to the actual right person. So you don't have somebody who's quote unquote has to be on call and get their whole evening ruined because they get this random call, but it wasn't really that important. Or maybe at very least that, that person, that, that VA can respond to that person. So you have that like immediate response, but their response is I funneled it to the right person and they will get back to you like first thing in the morning. So it just keeps your team from having to be like on all the time, which can be a really big drag, especially for sales organizations or service-based organizations. So I know my husband works for Rotex and that's a lot of what he does. And he gets calls all the time in the evenings from people who are in California and we're on our way to a soccer game. And he's like, I can't do anything for you right now because I'm in my car on the way to a soccer game, right? So it's like helping you facilitate some of these things. Now, if you sell globally, there are no off hours. So in this case, you may need somebody who does serve as a little bit of a customer service rep to field inquiries or questions or even some of your socials. So being there to react to see if, if something pops up there, that's sometimes where the first place people go when they have a complaint. 
So you might want to just be ready for how you can use a VA to be able to satisfy more of these needs and these wants and desires that actually really differentiate your business and, and really help your business shine through the rest of the industry. So Molly, can you say a little bit more about this and how you've helped businesses do this? Yeah, absolutely. And one more thing to, well, two things. One, again, painting that picture, you're at dinner with your family and you don't have to look at your phone. You don't have to worry about that call coming in. You don't have to worry about the email inbox. And we've all been there, right? Even myself included or my own business. I'll sit down at dinner and I'll whip it out. I'll be cooking. And I'm like, what am I doing? This is not okay. So this is what we're trying to eliminate. So what we're talking about, be more present in your own life while other things are taken care of for you. I think virtual assistants, can totally fit this, this need that we most of us need. There's a term called fractional virtual assistance, meaning you don't have to hire a virtual assistant that's gonna work 40 hours a week, eight to five, like we're all used to, right? They can come in for a couple hours a day, they can start in the morning, plug in for an hour, and if you want them in the afternoon or late, early evening for an hour, that can be done. So in this instance, you could hire someone that could come in Make sure that your inbox doesn't have anything alarming at it at 7 p.m. at night. Anything after is a little, you know, that's the next day. We all expect that. Or later, if, you, if that's what your demand is. Um, they're checking your social media DMs. Seems like social media is a big thing, too. Like, people are commenting on stuff, and you need someone in there to respond right away, especially because that's all public. Um, or you're getting a phone call, like you mentioned as an example. Um, so that person can can kind of toggle between two times of day to meet the scene for you and then some feeding them too. So you write that job description where you're asking for what you need. And if having someone check in late evening is something that you need, there are people out there that will happily do that. You know, they put their children to bed and the virtual assistant can go plug in for an hour. That's a dream to a lot of stay-at-home moms. That's what they want to be working. Um, so just knowing that you have that flexibility and those experts able to do that for you um, could provide a really great solution for what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I equate it to, you know, the world before we had all this technology and email, right, where it was only maybe a phone call, but the likelihood of that was, you know, virtually non-existent. And so then I think we got real excited about all the digital stuff and email really specifically we've been picking on throughout this entire episode. But the solutions that you're offering, I think, get us back to a simpler place, I guess, but also just like the mind space away from it. Because I think that's a big part of it too. Like you mentioned cooking dinner and still looking at your phone. And it's a very real reality for many of us. And it causes a lot of tension and stress where you're like, oh, I'm not here, but I'm also not here and I'm doing neither thing well and all of that kind of stuff. And so I think, you know, one of the, the things that just by happenstance I had happened at one point, and it's not a virtual assistant, but it was a writer who happened to move to Paris. And we thought, this is going to be horrible. We're never going to be able to line up. But with the reality of what happened is a lot of what you're talking about, I would give her the feedback at the end of my day and I would wake up the next morning and the work would be done. And our client mm -hmm. could not have been happier because stuff just was so seamless and the changes happened so fast. Now, when she came back, I had to manage the expectation that that really wasn't going to continue anymore. Luckily, we had a great relationship by that point. But a lot of that stuff that we're talking about it's like to be able to wake up and feel relief or to be able to finish dinner and feel like you can relax or whatever that looks like for you I think is huge not to mention the fact that someone is working on behalf of your business when you don't have to be and progressing things forward 
Yeah, I love the mention of the overseas virtual assistant, which I'll share a little bit more with later. Um, but that is an option. You know, you have someone that works on a completely different time zone than you, and they're working on projects, and you wake up in the morning and you're like, wow, my asset that I sourced to be designed, as an example, is complete. Now I can provide examples. So it's a great, that's also a really great, great feeling. It just keeps things happens that everything happens faster. Like magic, kind of. Yeah, it does. It feels like magic. That's how I used to feel about the laundry chute and my when I was growing up. It's like you put dirty clothes down and then the clean clothes come up. It's like magic. <laughs> my mom didn't think that was so funny, mom, but I still think it's hilarious. But I was gonna ask you, Molly Rose, when you were kind of going through like your personal experience, I was like, oh, I wonder if Molly Rose has a VA because then it was like that was gonna start becoming very meta in the whole conversation because you probably need a VA to manage your VA business too. It sounds uh-huh. like. I do, I do, and I understand all the control feelings of letting things go, especially as a VA control, you know, like, I get it. It's it's a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's, so. yeah, I could totally empathize with that. So our final point here for four ways virtual assistants can improve your productivity and help manage your business is to choose the right VA for the job. And I think this is going to be a really important one. And Molly, I'm going to turn this over to you in a second. I'm just going to set this point up because... I think a lot of times people underestimate what a VA can do. And then they also have a lot of concern about like how much time is it going to take to onboard them and how much do I need to actually manage them? And then, oh, it's just easier if I do it or it's just easier if my team does. And then we get into that back to that first point of like, well, is it distracting your team? Is it really enabling your team? Because if it's not, then it's probably worth the investment of time in order to be able to get somebody who's highly capable to do some of this work for you. So maybe you can address some of the other ways people have used VAs. I know you have your placement service. How do you kind of like match make that? that so it, 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 the people who are feeling this way or need these, these certain uh, skills or capabilities, you, they, you get them the right one. And then you said a little bit about how you, the, the, the process kind of goes when you're talking about the emails, but maybe you could just speak a little bit more to that. Just kind of set the stage for if somebody wanted to go into this, how do they even think about it or get started? Yeah, so we've mentioned, you know, getting clear on the things you need to outsource, right? That's step one, realizing you need a VA and what do you need them for? Uh, and then that starts to create your job description, right? This is step one of hiring a virtual assistant. So not only on the job description are there those tasks, those initial tasks that you need, plus the future tasks, right? Those the things that you're going to source them with right away and the things down the road you're going to need them to know. So that's very important that you make sure you have all of that included so you hire the right person. Um, but then there's also the software that you use. There's tons of everything on the market, especially in marketing, um, resources that we have at our fingertips that we need to make sure that our assistants are also well-versed in. So either they can train to it or or they already have that skill set. So um, tasks and software. And then there's the personality type. Think about who you're going to work with best. Is it um, someone from the States that is going to be on a Monday morning call with your team and embedded in your business and knows probably your daughter's name and is saying Merry Christmas, you know, that type of team member, right? Just because you're virtual doesn't mean you're not a part of the team, um, especially if you're a solopreneur. It's your first hire. You're, this is your first buddy, right? That's going to come in and care, hopefully care about your business just as much as you are. So that's really important. So that personality set, introverted, extroverted, are they 
super rambunctious and loud and want to come in and lead the meeting? Or do you want them to be more introverted and a little more like, you know, I'm going to tell you what to do. And I say that with respect because there are people that want either of those in, in virtual systems that fit both of those. So it's very interesting to see that. That was one of my surprises in this role. Um, and then talk about time. Do you want them to work, um, be available from eight to five? Okay, that's a, probably a full-time position. Or are they um, just able to plug in in the morning and plug in late in the evening like we talked about? Are they on the same time zone as you? Or does it not matter? And those things are things to think about as you get ahead. Are they gonna be answering client calls and you need them available at eight central, but they're in Pacific time, they're probably still sleeping, right? Um, and then budget, lastly, budget is a big proponent. You know, this comes in, on the a lot of things come up when we talk about spending when you're hiring a new virtual assistant you know can i justify this expense and nine times out of ten with a quick conversation it's, it's very justified because you can start spending your time doing things that are going to drive the business forward or your billable hour is more than what you're going to outsource um, or your family life is justified more than what you're going to pay this virtual assistant that's my big proponent here. Um, so that kind of creates what I call your job description. And then when you go to find a virtual assistant, um, there are several places to do this. You know, I run an agency that consults with you every step of the way of making sure that we place the right person with you. And we're really strategic and really candidly good at that. Um, but there are places, tons of places to find great talent. Your network is probably waiting at your fingertips. If you're clear, you know, share that with your network. Or if you have a lower budget, Look for an overseas virtual assistant. You know, there's, there's great opportunities overseas. You're paying a fraction of the cost. You need to be very specific about what you've outsourced there. So I just threw a lot <laughs> of topics there. I just wanted to kind of share the overall kind of path. Um, and then I want to also include that when you onboard a virtual assistant, it is so critical that you have the time to do that. And I say that because when clients are hiring virtual assistants, they're busy, right? They're they're all over the place for good reason, and they need a virtual assistant to help give them some relief. So it's super important that you're able to slow down even for an hour and a half and do that proper onboarding call, um, do that password exchange that's so critical, that two-factor authentication that we all hate as assistants. <laughs> they're comfortable. And then each week have those calls with them for the first um, six eight, hopefully you keep going, uh, weeks of how this is going to go. It's super, super important. And that kind of lays the foundation for success. So when people ask me what the most important thing to do when hiring a virtual assistant, I always say onboarding. Your onboarding is critical because if you're not present for it, 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 it will fail. So that's super important. Yeah, I actually didn't find that at all overwhelming. I mean, I think you broke it down <laughs> in a really nice way. Um, and gave a checklist of sorts because I think I can totally appreciate that where it would fail would be in the onboarding, but I also can see in the upfront the clarity of what you're really looking for because like you said, and we've talked about throughout the episode, virtual assistants can do so much more than I think people picture in their heads. But with that said, you have to communicate what you want yours to do, which sounds so stupid, but it's completely true because everybody's definition is going to be different. And then I think the 
prioritization or where it falls, whether it's time or budgetary or what are you actually looking to solve with this? And it's almost a brief, right? Like you said, a job description in our world, it would be more mm-hmm. of a brief, but this on paper is what I'm looking for. And then making sure that it's understood on the other side, the why and the how it's going to work and what those needs are paired with the piece of when the person actually comes on and the rubber meets the road, spending that time. And I think that's true anytime we delegate anything, right? It's like, that's where you get to, mm-hmm. like you said, and sometimes it gets to the, I'll just do it myself because it'll be so much easier. And then you never get out of your own way when you do things like that. Yeah. That phrase, I'll just do it myself, or it's going to take me longer to train someone. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, my my solution to that is there's a tool called Loom. It video yeah, records. We use that. Yep. Right. Um, so Loom.com for those of you that don't know. And even before you're going to hire a virtual assistant, you're the one doing the things in your business. Just start recording. Okay, so I am building this newsletter, or I am checking my email in this way, and it'll create your training deck that solves this problem that we're talking about. I can't teach. I don't have time to teach them. We'll teach them while you're doing it. You know, so you're getting it done. You're teaching it. So just a little, little tip. It's awesome. No, I love that. So just to build on this question too is, I know we talked a lot about email. We've talked a lot about a lot of other things that virtual assistants do. But tell me, within your 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 agency, what are like you think that like the top five things you guys do really really well? Knowing already email is one of them, but what are like give me give me like five things that you guys do really well that that. And maybe a couple that might surprise people with regards to, hey, I didn't think I should have a virtual assistant do that, or I never thought about that. Yeah, so the things that are common, um, scheduling, 1,000%, don't schedule your own stuff. I started hiring a virtual assistant for that, and it's been a game changer for myself. Uh, travel booking, I have a slogan where I, I support a lot of public speakers, or RBAs do as well, and I always say, all you got to do is show up and speak. We handle everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Every service we do. So all your travel booking, and there's a lot that goes into that, you know, your, your car, your flight in the right seat, your preferred airline, your hotel, all that stuff, all on your calendar. You just got to follow it. Email marketing. So I, I don't say CRM anymore because there's so much more that goes into CRM, but, but think about sending broadcasts in your email newsletter tool, um, where's our community marketing tool, um, or funnels, you know, basic sequences and funnels, building those out for you. Light bookkeeping. So again, mostly for business owners, handling all of your expense categorization, invoicing, collecting, all of that. And then um, we kind of have a catch-all category called task management, but it's really those things that come up like, can you format this PDF for me? Can you outsource this to get designed? Can you uh, convert this to a PDF and send it to these seven people? Like the little things that seem to really bog business owners down that are very managerial, um, there's that. And then uh, lastly, like admin project management. So business owners, ideators, we have all these ideas and having that person that's so linear, which VAs generally are, especially the ones that we attract, to be able to take a big idea and break it down to like, okay, these are all the things that need to happen. These are the little deliverables. These are the owners. These are the due dates. Let me help you with this. Having that person is, is really, really helpful. So we, we were able to fulfill that. Some oddball ones. I mean, we didn't talk about personal virtual assisting. So for those yeah. corporately employed, this is where virtual assistants can really be awesome for your personal life. But virtual assistants can not only support you in the business tasks, but can also do your personal life. Um, and some of our VAs like prefer that. That's all they want to do. So think about if you're a business exec, 
and a mom and you have a daughter in dance and a son in soccer and another one in hockey. And so they're able to like make sure all those things are scheduled on your calendar. Are all their uniforms ordered? Are the grandparents notified that these are when their games are, mm -hmm. right? There's that. So I love that because I've explained that to, to moms and they're like, oh my God, that would be a dream. Like, I don't want to any of that. The basic things like grocery ordering or making sure the contractors are paid, things like that. But then we also had a gentleman reach out and he said, you know, my wife is upset because we never spend time together. And so I need date nights for every three weeks on Friday night, we're going to be dating. And so he enlisted one of our virtual assistants to plan these dates. And he's like, sky's the limit. <laughs> so he, she's like, this is so much fun. So she researches dates. It was always like dinner and an activity or like a cool bar or whatever it is or a theater thing. And his wife, he didn't tell her for a long time. And so um, finally, she's like, there's no way. <laughs> and the VA got a really great like gifting card from the wife. Like, you're amazing. Thank you. And the relationship is doing great, right? So just interesting stuff that just having that person that's like yeah that sounds you know we can help you so it's kind of cool that's awesome oh I love that I want one so bad <laughs> <laughs> oh that's awesome all right so our last segment is generally a marketing smartest moment when we have a guest we turn it over to them to let us just give us the last thoughts that you might have something that we might have well anything we might have missed that you wanted to add and just kind of put a bow on things and obviously tell people where to find you um anything else that you want them to know yeah so we started this podcast talking about time and how important that is uh so i just want to kind of hit you over the head with we're the only ones deciding that we and making our life have less time we're deciding all of these things that we're putting more important than our kids soccer game or um, the next business meeting that's going to close a great deal because we're doing things that we really shouldn't be. And so I'm just here to remind you and tell you that there are people that are far better suited to be doing these tasks and to give you relief and you are fully able to receive that help. That's a big thing um, in my world where people just can't fathom having that help, but know that we're all deserving of that. So I think if, if this is you and this is landing, kind of start to do some of the things that we talked about, create that list of all the things you do and understand all the things you're not supposed to be doing. And then um, if you feel the call to reach out, we are here to help. I My agency is virtualassistantmanagement.com. So that's our placement agency. And um, our academy is Virtual Assistant Academy. So if you ever have a virtual assistant that you, or someone you meet that needs to be trained up, a great person, um, we can we can offer that support too. So, and I'm happy to talk with anyone. I'm Molly Rose Speed on Instagram and can, can answer any questions. All right. Well, no, this was awesome. We promised it was going to be a very full and very helpful conversation on VAs. I learned a ton. Right. I'm like, can I have five right, <laughs> right now? I mean, I already have my list. I'm like jotting down my list of all the things. So hopefully you guys were doing that same thing and you call Molly Rose and you see what she has to offer you because I think she could be extremely helpful, her and all of her VAs. So just to recap, four ways virtual assistants can improve your productivity and help manage your business. First, have them do the tasks that will enable the team. Approach this from two different angles, tasks that are distracting you or the team, tasks that can help boost yours and your team's success. Have them do the tasks that disproportionately consume your attention, like inbox management, which we talked a lot about. You may think you're being productive, but most emails managing other people's agendas. 
Third is have them extend customer service and off hours. For most of us, we work in one time zone. How much incremental value could you be providing if you could extend your hours? And finally, choose the right VA for the job. Molly Rose provided a ton of great suggestions for this. So get with her and you can start your own journey and getting your own VAs. And with that, we'll say, go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.